This podcast is for adults only. If you are under 18, go away. <laughs> Sexy voices make me think. And that question, so how did you get started in kink? Sadists, sluts, subs, doms, and slaves. Here's a place where all are safe. cast can you hear it hear it here kink is in your ear licentiously pervertedly alluringly luring me i'll just be listening to massa cast massa cast Hi, welcome to another episode of the Massacast. Thanks for downloading. Uh, I do have some news. Got a sponsor. Looks like there's someone who wants to sponsor the podcast, so that's going to help uh, defray uh, a lot of the costs. Uh, but you can still donate by going to Massacast.com and clicking on the little donate button. Every little bit helps. Um, this week, actually, it was a really interesting story how I found this person. This person left me a voicemail uh, by going to the Massacast website. You can find the number there. And... Uh, left me a voicemail saying they really enjoyed the podcast and they'd like to talk to me and be interviewed. And uh, his name is Mako, and it was a really fun podcast. This is the first uh, interview I did over Skype, so uh, feel free to add me on Skype. Massacast is the username, M-A-S-O-C-A-S-T. Here's Mako, and of course I asked him how he first realized he was kinky. Ah, uh, well, that's a good question. I've kind of always known... Um, I remember being about, well, I don't know, four or five years old, and uh, I used to have this dream all the time about this impossibly tall woman whose face I couldn't see and who smelled really good and who would pick me up and, you know, yank my pants off and spank me. Um, and I, I used to have endless daydreams about this imaginary person and, like, even draw my own little, you know, horrible erotic comic books for myself uh, to look at, to think about, you know, th- this person. And the, um, you, were, you were how old at the time? Five, six. Now, now, did you know about sex at that age or? Well, I'll tell you a really funny thing about it, actually, which is, so, you know, my dad had this this endless stockpile of porn magazines, you know, which were not hidden they were like in the bathroom in a pile in a little like you know basket you know <laughs> uh, underneath like good housekeeping you know it's like right. all you have to do is go down three issues and boom there's the porn um and so i used to read them all the time and you know there was some sm stuff in there but not much um and it's funny because i remember that there was an article on sm and I had no idea what the S and the M could possibly stand for. Um, I was like, is one spanking and the other one like marriage? You know, <laughs> and this is when I was like six, right? Uh, by the way, I think that's, I think this is the first time anyone's used the M word on the Massacast. Oh God. Oh wow. But you know, I'm sorry if I've broken a taboo. That's okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but then, um, where things really started to, um, sort of steamroll for me, um, when I was about 12 or so, and I asked my mom for some cash to go buy some comic books. And, uh, and she gave me some, and off I went by myself. And I go into this, this, this little convenience store newsstand, um, and not only did they have comic books, but they had penthouse variations. <laughs> and on the front cover of penthouse variations, in very clear letters, was the word spanking. And I had a big thing for spanking right from a very early age. I was very fascinated by it. So I picked this thing up, and I was thumbing through it, and there were a couple of stories in it that really fascinated me. Um, and one of the ones was a story 
um, about this guy who went on a blind date with a girl. And uh, they get back to her apartment, and she says, well, hang on while I slip into something more comfortable. And she goes into her bedroom, and when she comes back out, the something more comfortable turns out to be a baby doll nighty and a diaper. And uh, in the letter, the guy said, oh, my God, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But in my head, it was like this chorus played, and these gates opened. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, that's not the weirdest. That's the best thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> um, and so I stole that magazine. Well, technically, no. I, what I did was I bought about $15 worth of comic books and paid the guy about $25. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was in between, you know, several of the issues. And he, I gave him kind of a look and he kind of gave me a look. And he was like, well, I guess we were all 12 once. You know, have a nice day. Yes. Um, and, he, and He got his money anyway. And so there you go. Exactly. And so then I, I hid these things. You know, I, I hid the book. Uh, it was really funny. I, I was so convinced that my parents were going to catch me that what I did with the variations was I put it down the back of my shirt um, and, and I'm dying to read this thing now and it's down the back of my shirt for like six hours you oh, know? No. <laughs> it was torture yeah. um, which I happen to enjoy so <laughs> there you go um, but ever since then, yeah. Because when I was when I was a kid, now today I really enjoy spanking. It's one of the many things I enjoy. But when I was a kid, uh, I was disciplined with spanking, and that was was not a, a good thing at all. Did right. you were you disciplined with spanking as well, or no? You know, just a little. Um, my sister was more so than I. I was really like the sensitive one. Um, all you had to do was sort of look at me cross-eyed and, you know, I'd cry. Yeah. Um, so I did get it, but not a whole lot. Um, although I had this experience where I, about a year and a half later uh, or so, maybe, maybe, maybe two years later, um, hoodwinked a housekeeper of ours into spanking me. Um, and, <laughs> and it was one of the most erotically charged experiences of my entire life. i got to find out how, you, how did you hoodwink... Oh, it's 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 appalling, really. Um, but when you're you know you're a kid, so it's not like you're you know. Well, what had happened was I went to this private school, and uh, my mom was away with my sister, uh, you know, on um, college visits because she's about five years older than me, and um, so it was just me and her, the housekeeper, for a couple of days, about four or five days, because um, she was a live-in. Mm-hmm. And I went to the private school. The bus came to my house and dropped me back off at the house. So it worked. And uh, I'd come home from school in my uniform, and the uniform pants were white. And I'd gotten them filthy um, at like a recess or something. And, uh, and she was enraged. She, she said, if you were my kid, you know, I would have pulled your pants down and spanked you by now. And that kind of got to me. So I was like, well, maybe you should. Uh, and we sort of talked it through and talked it over. And what, then she, what, what, Wait. You you talked it through like she were, yeah, you, were I, you goading her? Did you say wait? Did you say it like, well maybe you should, or did you say it like, oh yeah maybe you should? No no, it was really sort of more earnest than that, you know. And like it didn't happen right away. You know, mm-hmm. several hours went by. You know, I, I asked her about you know her her kids and how uh, you know if she spanked them and how that went, you know, and you know how she felt about it. because I was you know um, a sensitive fairly smart kid. Um, and I didn't get a lot of that. And mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, you know, I'm kind of curious about it because I don't really get that anymore. And, uh, and, and she, said, she said, well, maybe your behavior would be better if you did. And I said, maybe it would. Uh, and so she agreed to do it. And so, uh, uh, so it, it happened twice. The first time it happened, um, it, it, was, it was a whole lot of nothing. She like sat on the couch and had me pull my pants down. I think I still had my underpants on and she like took the belt out of my pants and she gave me like, 
all of like four or five, you know, smacks with it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ow, ow, because it hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, well, that's it for you, buddy. You know, I mean, yeah. she didn't say that, but that was kind of the end of it. And afterwards, I'm like cussing myself. I'm like, I was doing this close, you know. Um, and it was very like sexually charged, but very frustrating for me too. Um, so then for the remainder of the time that it was just her and me, I was horrible. I, I, I behaved no. <laughs> impossibly bad, yeah. you know. In, in, every possible thing I could do wrong, I did. I would like scuff muddy shoes in the hall, mm. you know. Uh, I'd eat half my dinner and then go get ice cream out of the freezer. Um, you know, she would tell me what, that I had to go to bed, and I would tell her, you know, five minutes and three hours later go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would do these things where like she'd be sitting on the couch, and I'd like jump across her lap to like try to goad her. Um, and finally. Uh, she had enough. Um, there was this one particular thing that I did, and what it is is really not particularly important. Mm. Um, and that was the last straw for her. And she's like, "You want one? You're getting one." And I, I remember this very clearly. She like dragged me up to her bedroom, um, you know, pulled my pants down and my underpants too, and I went to uh, cover myself. And and she slapped my hands away and grabbed me there, and said, uh, "You think I haven't seen this before?" I remember because her hands were freezing Um, and she pulled me onto her lap and started, you know, just wailing the tar out of me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, 14 year old boy over someone's knee, you know, your stuff hanging between their legs. You do the math. Yeah, of course. Uh, You know, it didn't take very long. Um, And when it happened, oh, she was mad. Yeah. So she dragged me by my ear uh, down the hall and into her bathroom and into her shower. Um, put on the hot water and use this very scratchy rough washcloth and a bar of soap um, to, to just scrub me like angrily everywhere, smacking me the whole time. Um, and- it sounds like she almost enjoyed it. By the way, we should let everybody know, for all those housekeepers listening right now, this will get you fired in most circumstances. Yes. But, but, but yes. And, and, you know, under any other circumstance, it would have been child abuse, except I engineered the whole thing. Yes, yeah. So, so I don't feel bad about it, you know. Um, and so, uh, you know, so there she goes, you know, wailing away at me, you know. And it happened again in the shower. And then she's smacking me there too. Um, eventually she drags me out of the shower, dries me off very roughly, um, dresses me for bed in like my pajamas and puts me to bed without dinner. Um, and we didn't speak of it anymore. Um, and I think I masturbated about oh, 197 times that night. Yeah. You know, I remember being incredibly sore for days everywhere, uh, and half of it was from me. You know, of course. Now, did you? <laughs> so, not, uh, I'm curious. After this, did you continue to act up against her? Or no. Was that <laughs> you're like, okay? I've had um, my fill now. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't so much that. It, it, well, although yes, um, but you know. But my mother and my sister came back. They were, you know, at home. It, it wasn't like we had private time to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, frankly, how she would react if it had happened again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, I still had very up and down mixed feelings about this. I mean, because as, as I'm sure lots of people have told you, when you're a kid and you have, you know, submissive or kink feelings, they're very shameful. Yeah. You know, you don't really – you think you're a freak and you're the only one. You don't know what to do about it. Um, and so, uh, you know, I kind of kept it to myself and use it as masturbation fodder for a long, long time, you know, um, and she left our employee or my family's employee not too long after. And I don't know if it was because of that or she just wanted to move on. Yeah. You know, it was maybe six months or a year later, she was gone. 
And I still think about her to this day. Well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, how did that uh, affect your early dating life? Uh, were you... It's interesting. Um, were you in it? By the way, this is... Were you in a fairly big metropolitan area when you grew up? Or? Yeah, I was. I, actually, I grew up in the New Jersey area. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, um, not far from New York, a couple hours. Um, and uh, yeah, I, was, uh, I was a very bookish kid. And, 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 you know, sort of a, um, what's the word to say? Like a, not a slow learner, a, uh, slow to mature. Uh, well, well, I was very mm-hmm. mature in terms of my behavior. Um, but in terms of like, you know, dating and, you know, having mature social relationships, I think I was slower than most, um, kind of conservative. Um, I dated in high school a little bit, um, but I didn't really start dating until I uh, was in college. Um, and the people that I did in high school, oh my god, it was a deep dark secret, and it had absolutely nothing to do with the choices I made for who I liked. Um, you know, the people that I dated in college, yes, yeah, somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, 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 I outed myself about it a little bit. Um, what do you What do you mean a, a little bit? Uh, I mean, I think I know because I I did a little bit of it myself. But uh, yeah. well, I, I you know I just I couldn't get down to the diaper thing i just couldn't bring myself yeah. to, to talk about it um but then uh I, I was dating this girl and actually engaged to her um and she was domineering which is not dominant of course and is a very poor substitute for dominant <laughs> yeah uh, you know she would tell me you know what an idiot i was because i couldn't load the dishwasher in our apartment correctly yeah. um you know which, you know, frankly, if she'd beat me instead, I think I would have had a much better time of it. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, and I told her, you know, uh, that I like to be spanked. And she did that a little, but it didn't really push her buttons, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but she, you know. But she didn't handle it in a way that was, she didn't completely reject the idea of it. It was well, just. The, spank- the spanking part? No, not offhand. Right. You know, I, you know, she thought I was a little, you know, five degrees off center or something, and mm-hmm. she said as much. But you know, she did it a little. Mm-hmm. But so the thing was, you know, several years of dating her went by, um, and we got engaged, and she was just too vanilla for me. I just couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had the opportunity to go on a long trip after her. Uh, I, I was older than her, uh, and I graduated first from a different school, and. Uh, when she graduated, her parents gave her this big chunk of money and a plane ticket to go on this long trip and said, you know, go on this trip because you're never going to get a chance like this again. So go ahead. Uh, and she was away for a month. And while she was away, that was sort of a, a, a time of great um, experimentation and growth for me. Um, you know, I, I, I read a book called Different Loving. I don't know if you know it by Gloria Brame. Yeah. And, uh, and it opened my eyes to the wider world that I was clearly a part of. Um, and I uh, forced myself to, when I wasn't at work, uh, to live in diapers at home 20, you know, well, I guess it would be what, 16, 7, you know, yeah. um, and, and, and use them for their intended purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I even went to go see a professional, a pair of professional dominatrices who like pro-mommied me. Um, and it was amazing and I really enjoyed it. And I knew that that was it for me. And when she got back and I told her, oh, we were through. <laughs> of course. But, I mean, you when know. you told her, you told her everything you had done? Um, I did. Okay. Um, and actually, I did it in the absolute worst way possible. I said, you know, I've got this thing to tell you and it's uh, hard to explain, so I'm just going to show you. 
And then I went off into the bathroom and uh, put one on because I had some mm-hmm. and came out with another in my hand and she had a conniption. <laughs> yes. You know, and which looking back, it is really, really damn insensitive of me. Well, of course. And I, and I think also, uh, but at, at the same time, kudos to you for, for sharing the story because others will learn from your mistake. And, and it's not, of course, uh, just if you were coming out with diapers, I think if anyone came out in anything covered in leather or anything like that uh, right wearing high heels yeah. you know dripping with liquid latex it doesn't matter yeah. um and i i have advice for people who um who, who want to do this. it's funny i should say one of the reasons why i wanted to talk to you and and one of the things that i do is i do advocacy for the age play community mm-hmm. um it's a really big thing for me to help people to come to the place of self-acceptance and self-love that i'm in mm-hmm. um and i think that it really helps people to to do so you know um and so i mean some of the advice that i would give is that i think that if you're going to tell your partner um well okay are you familiar with dan savage yeah of course Uh, i I love him okay he's great one of the things that dan savage says that's really smart is that you know if you have a diaper fetish or a shoe fetish or whatever it is and you know and you're going to go tell your aunt myrtle okay and you call her up and you're on the phone and you're like well aunt myrtle i have this deep dark secret and it's kind of shameful and i have to tell you then you've already primed her to be disappointed and feel crazy about it and yeah. get upset with you, you know. But if you say, hey, you know, guess what? There's this crazy thing I like and it's fun. And you, then you tell them, then it's, you know, lightweight and it's easy. It's much easier. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that if you're, if you're dating someone, that the earlier you tell them, the better. Um, because if you're early in on your relationship and you tell them and they, you know, wig out, well, then – you haven't lost anything, you know. Yeah, you're a little embarrassed, but you know, uh, to, to, you know, to the victor go the spoils. If you're brave, you know, you you find someone. And if you're not brave, you spend your time alone. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you know. Now uh, let's let's go back to your personal history, if you don't mind. Sure. Oh, absolutely. So your uh, uh, relationship with your fiance ended, but yes. uh, did you have a sense of relief uh, at least that? Okay, now I, I know which way I'm going to live, or did you? Was it the opposite reaction? Um, I'm really glad you asked. Um, I remember this very clearly. I had this moment, like that next morning, um, and it's actually really funny. We're we're sitting at breakfast, and she says to me, "So, like, can you take a pill for this or something?" <laughs> and I said, "No," and we were done. And you know, it was like maybe four days later, her family came down and moved her out, mm. and. At the time, I remember uh, having this this feeling of, of, of cautious optimism, and um, and so what I did was I went to seek out this psychotherapist and get some advice about it to see if you know this way that I felt if it was healthy or not. Mm-hmm. And he shared this thing with me that I've since shared on other podcasts and other places and in teaching that I'll share with you and your listeners now. Yeah, please do. Um, which is that sex and sex related things like fetishes have like three functions widely speaking okay um and people aren't aware of all of them um the the number one thing is procreation you know making actual babies people know that one of course okay the second one which people have a harder time with is recreation it's fun to do this stuff absolutely but the third one and this is the really important one is that Sex and sex-related things are a release and a relief of emotional uh, and, and stress and tension, you know. And people that are kinky, you know, to whatever degree, there's this thing about us, which is that we tend to be extreme people, you know. Um, we're not middle of the road, like, uh, you know, 
uh, vanilla people, I say that they're sort of the psychosexual equivalent of Barry Manilow. You know, it's not very <laughs> exciting. Um, and, and please don't take it as a value judgment. But what, yeah, I, yeah. what I mean is, is that like for kinky people, we either we're having like the best day ever or the worst day ever. You know, it's the best hamburger you ever had or it's absolute shit. Um, <laughs> you know, we bounce. Yeah. And, 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 and what the, the, the steam valve release of our fetishes do is they let that steam drain out of us in a, in a healthy, emotionally safe way. Um, the way I like to say it is, you know, is better down in a playpen with a squirt gun than down on a, than up on a clock tower with a rifle. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the big, uh, things we always read about and hear about is you always hear about, uh, uh, oh, this, this mass murderer or this, uh, this nut job who, who committed these crimes. He was also, into cross-dressing or whatever right. we always hear that and uh you never that's the one negative thing you, you never hear uh yes he won his second oscar and he's also <laughs> into getting beaten uh right. you never you know you, you know why that, that is it, it, it's because of the slow newsday phenomenon you know good news never sells newspapers well it, absolutely plus they like to they know that if people if it's something sexual involved that it's going to sell more Oh, for sure. No, no matter how, no matter how busy the news day is, they know if there's something sexual involved, uh, and also they, they they like to know the the reasons why for something, uh, and they'll never know why. They'll never know why someone does something nutty in a bad way, and so they'll right. take something that's completely you know disassociated with it, and uh, you know they could also put they could put anything else with it. Uh, you know he 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 stood on top of the clock tower. And he never un, uh, rewound his videos. You know? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and that gets back to this other thing, okay, that the, that the therapist said to me. He said that, you know, not to confuse your premises. Like, if you stay home from work all day, you know, serving for diaper porn on the internet, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. But it's not a diaper porn problem. It's like an OCD problem. It's yeah. obsessive compulsive. Yeah. You know, as long as you can hold down a job, have friends, have good physical and mental hygiene, um, you should be able to do or say or feel or think anything you want. And that's the truth of things. And, you know, one thing you see in the age play community all the time is that people are hungry for acceptance. Wouldn't it be great if I could wear my diapers openly in public? Wouldn't it be great if all women felt this? And, you know, it's crap because the only acceptance that really matters is your own acceptance of yourself, Mm. which gets back to that day. So I went to go see him and he told me these things. And it was like the pat on the back that I needed. And I remember very clearly in the parking lot of this, of this you know, therapy place, um, imagining this sort of beach in front of me. And I mentally drew this line in the sand. And I said, if this is my life, I'm stepping over it. You know, and with both feet, I'm all in, baby. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I did. And it's since made my life so much more rewarding and better. I think there's a lot of people who have these, these uh, situations where either they were married with someone vanilla or – uh, engaged or what have you, um, but I have a lot of friends who were in the closet, so to speak, and when they finally just decided, okay, I'm going to go to that kinky club or I'm going to go to that munch or something, uh, and I'm going to make this part of my life, that uh, they did, they you know, they seemed a, a lot better and a lot less conflicted uh, mm-hmm. internally. Um, so, what was your next step? What did you what did do you after do? that? Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, I started going to scene clubs. Uh, I, I live in the D.C. area, and I used to live in Baltimore. And I started going to a club up in Baltimore called the Phoenix Society. Um, and I was kind of nuts, really. Um, I was the 
um, up for anything, want to try it, sample everything on the buffet guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. I have this good friend. I was actually just in his wedding and uh, I've known him, you know, since that time. And he came to a, a spanking class at the Phoenix Society and I'm up in the front of the room, you know, naked as a jaybird, getting my ass beat, you know, and just grooving on it and loving it and, you know, uh, really into it. And he comes up to me and he says, wow, he said, you know, it takes a lot of guts you know, to be up here and doing this stuff, uh, you know, it takes people a long time to do that. You know, um, how long have you been in the scene before you started doing this? And I asked him, I said, well, um, what time is it? Because <laughs> that was my first meeting. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That is pretty, that is a, that is a pretty big, uh, pretty big, you took the hyper, hyperspace, I guess. Uh, I, I really did. That is great. That is great. I mean, uh, I know for me, it took, uh, it took me a long time from my very first meeting of course, my first meeting, you know, I, I, I show up and there's no women at the dominant women's group. It's right. just a bunch of, you know, guys who, you know, and I was, I was like, I get me the hell out of here. Uh, <laughs> but it sounds like you had a, a much more positive experience and good for you. That's really great. Well, yeah, um, and part of it for me, too, was that I was sort of hell bent to do it. Um, you know, I'm gregarious and chatty and social. Anyone that knows me will tell you that, you know, um, getting me to talk is not the problem. Um, and the thing is, is that... W- as part of my getting involved, you know, it wasn't too long before that that I was I was chatting on the internet, uh, and I'd met this guy, and his story so impacted me emotionally that it stuck with me to this day. Um, you know, the, the long and short of it is that he had been uh, married to his wife for like thirty or forty years, um, you know, and he'd had an adult baby and diaper fetish throughout the entirety of his marriage. And they had like three or four children and, you know, he'd been married to her for like 30 years without telling her any of this stuff. And as the, you know, he used to go on business trips and wear diapers when he was away Mm -hmm. and, you know, he subscribed to the periodicals back before the internet really was there. And he felt so alone and so broken, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, about maybe three or four years before I started chatting with him, you know, the internet was really sort of, you know, in its, in its, in its infancy, no pun intended. Yeah. And he got on there and did a search for this stuff and stumbled across this, you know, vast hidden world of other people that were, you know, uh, paraphilic infantilists. Yeah. And for a while that was enough for him and he felt satisfied, but he started to have this like secondary hidden life from his wife, more so than with the business trips. And he just, couldn't take it it felt too dishonest to him mm-hmm. um and so eventually long after their last child had moved out you know he felt that he had to tell her and he brought her up to their bedroom and he said i have something really important to tell you and you know i, I i've uh, I, i'm going to show it to you because i don't know how else to tell you and he went and he had this they had these locking nightstands by their sides of their bed and he, the key for his was in his pocket and he took it out and he unlocked the nightstand and from it, he pulled out like some wipes and some lotion and some powder and a couple of diapers and put them on the bed. And he said, I'm into this and I've always been into this. And I'm sorry I kept it from you for so long. And she like teared up and got very upset and held up her hand to silence him. And he thought he'd done something terribly wrong. And she went to her side of the bed and took out her key, which is also hidden, and unlocked her nightstand and pulled the exact same damn thing out of hers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was so horrified and disgusted by this, by the waste of, of, of their lives, mm-hmm. you know. I, I was like, 
that's not going to happen to me. And then when you know a few years went by and I got even a little bit more gutsier, I was like, and that's not going to happen to anyone else if I can help it. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are very confused about uh, adult baby play. And, sure. and a lot of people were confused about, uh, I, I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, that just like any other different aspect, a different other kink, there are levels. Um, like there are sure. some people who, some people who might like bondage, but they only like rope bondage. They don't like metal and they don't like to be mummified and stuff like that. Are there, are there different levels as well? Absolutely. Um, and, and let me say one thing. You know, it probably doesn't need to be said, but you know, it's, this is a media outlet, so it's just responsible and important to say it, this is not pedophilia. This has nothing to do with actual children. Yeah. You know, we're childlike, but we're not kids here. Mm-hmm. Um, and having said that, um, we are childlike, though. Um, so for some people, it's sensual, but not particular and emotional, but not particularly sexual. Mm-hmm. Whereas for other people, myself included, it's very sexual, and we're quite dirty about it. Um, and even then, there's other gradations of it, like. A term that you'll hear thrown around all the time is ABDL, which stands for adult baby and diaper lover, and mm-hmm. they're different. Um, diaper lovers are diaper and plastic or rubber pant fetishists. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not babies. You know, they they enjoy wearing diapers. They enjoy the sensory aspects of them, maybe even the humiliation aspects of them, but they don't f- regress. They don't feel little. They don't, um, you know, age out. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, you know, then adult babies, on the other hand, um, you know, they um, they feel childlike and they, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a bit dissociative. You know, they have like a – just like their subspace, there's like a littles mode where you're, you're your younger self, uh-huh. right? Um, and the other thing too is that, uh, you know, age play is – it's not just babies. Um, age play encompasses a wide range of of sort of, you know, age shift. There's, you know, schoolgirls, which is very common. You see people dress up as schoolgirls all the time. Of course. Uh, you know, sissies, you know, overlap with this. There's, um, you know, there are furries that do this. They're called baby furs. Um, and, and, and poor baby furs, they get the shortest shrift of anyone in this whole community <laughs> because adult babies that are not furs sometimes treat them poorly because they're like fur what's that and furries you know they're like well, he's wearing a diaper under his fursuit what the hell's that i, I, I don't know? mean to laugh but he, I, I just i feel so bad and it's just i just imagine how how incredibly difficult that must be mm-hmm. and uh it's pretty rough it is pretty rough and i don't know why i'm laughing i think it's just because i've never even heard of this before right um, well you know i'll tell you if you want to interview one i know a couple that are really great and mm-hmm. even one who's in new york and would probably want to talk to you well, um, and also i think it, it's i mean i also i'm, I'm, I'm laughing because it, it even though i'm not interested in it it sounds fun it is fun it, it, it sounds like something that, that wow they are really having a blast with this you know, I have a lot of good friends that are baby furs, and they are some of the sweetest, kindest, most authentic people that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they have more than one alternate headspace. You know, and when they're all the way in it being, you know, cubby, as I think some of them call it, um, it, it's amazing because they're really very different. I mean, I'm little. I'm very different. My voice changes. It goes up about an octave and a half. My center of gravity shifts. I, you know, food tastes different to me. I act different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the thing about about infantilism, about age play as a whole, is that it's really sort of a, a mirror for the larger 
SM world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's DS in it. Okay, if your mommy or daddy is telling you when or when you can or cannot pee, you know, when you have to go to bed, you know, if they pull your diaper down and spank your bottom for you know being poorly behaved, you know, that's really no different than a mistress punishing their you know submissive, you know, than a top with their bottom. It's the same stuff. Um, you know, maybe what's different about it is that it's a little bit softer, uh, which is not to say that we don't play hard. We play plenty hard. Um, yet it's funny. I go to this event, Camp Crucible, and the, the littles there, we kind of have a reputation for being some of the harder playing and scarier people at the camp. Um, <laughs> if we buy you at the slave auction, we're going to play with you good and hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I have been to uh, a few events. Uh, Floating World is uh, is one where there's, uh, there's a little section. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never... I've never actually been uh, around when there's any, been anyone in that section. And it's a little play, for those people who are listening, it's a little play area. It looks just like, it looks, when I, when I remember the first event I went to and I saw this play area, I thought, wow, they have a place to, for people to bring their kids in the middle of the, <laughs> that's a little creepy. I, you know, that's, I didn't know anything about it. And, um, and then when someone told me about it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know some of those folks too. <laughs> yeah, well, but I, I walked through and, and I saw, and I, it looked like, and it looked just like a bunch of little kids had just been in there. Look, you know, there were crayons uh, everywhere and drawings. Um, it was really very interesting. And and you said it sounds like uh, Camp Crucible has something very similar. It does. It's it's actually pretty amazing. Um, we have this whole area of the camp that's sort of just for us. Mm-hmm. This uh, like separate cabin that where there's all these sort of play activities and social things to do. Um, plus, uh, the cabin that I stay in, uh, you know, I'm not staff or anything like that. But uh, I'm usually the epicenter at the epicenter of a lot of the craziness for the littles with camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of them tend to stay either in my cabin or have something to do with me. And our cabin is sort of the unofficial adjunct to kids camp. Uh, you know, we show um, kids movies like, like last year we had this thing uh, I call the cuddle pit where we laid out a giant tarp in front of our cabin uh, and then had glow sticks and people came in and laid all over each other <laughs> and just snuggled and cuddled in a big puppy pile while waving glow sticks in the air and just sort of, you know, uh, being all snuggly with one another. Yeah. Some of them were diapered and some of them were not. And some of them were littles and some of them were bigs and some weren't age players at all. And, People were in various states of undress. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we get up to plenty of nonsense and hijinks. Sure. Uh, so uh, uh, I'm just just to kind of go back to the the different types uh, yeah. out there. Is there any any that we've haven't? <clears throat> excuse me. Is there any that we haven't touched on yet? Well, you know, the uh, uh, the yin to the yang of every uh, every little is that there are bigs that go with them. And, and there are people who are both. I mean, just the same way as you can be a switch, you can be um, what uh, uh, one of the members of my poly family calls a middle <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of a little, mm-hmm. um, where sometimes you're a big and sometimes you're a little. I'm that way. You know, in, um, in, in my leather family, my poly family, I've got uh, – I'm submissive to two different mommies, uh, and I myself am a big – and have a little boy and a little girl that belong to one of my mommies and me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, and it's all about, you know, and there, there are, there are littles where the little is in charge and the big is the submissive. Um, there, there's endless variation. I can definitely, I can definitely, I know a lot of people who, uh, who can definitely identify with that, where the little is in charge. Uh huh. Yeah. Think Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka and you've pretty much got it. Right. Um, what about when, uh, cause I know when, when it comes to, play uh 
as a submissive guy, I found it very difficult. I found that there was a huge number of submissive men looking yeah. for dominant women. Is it very similar? Uh, are there more littles it's than there are bigs? It's true. Um, uh, and part of what skews this is the internet, okay? Um, and is the and is what I call the unfortunate breast phenomenon, uh, which is if you have boobs and you go in the kink community in any way, you get mobbed yeah. by desperate, sad, lonely people. Yes. Um, I also think that um, I think that women have more of an outlet for these feelings than men do. Yeah. You know, if you give your girlfriend a teddy bear for Valentine's Day, that's perfectly acceptable. You know, women can wear overalls and pigtails, and no one thinks they're strange. Mm. Um, you know, putting on makeup as sophisticated as it is, is kind of a dress up thing. Men don't have a a venue or an avenue for this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not, uh, we're not socialized to be, to be allowed to cry or to have a stuffed animal or to feel soft. Mm -hmm. Um, so we need it a lot more. Um, or, or at least we're more visible about it. Um, I think what it is, is that the largest segment of the population is, is, is boy babies. Um, uh, followed and, and I want to. I think it's probably pretty even, gay to straight. But you see more more gay babies than straight babies. Um, and I'm not sure why that is. There are certainly more daddies than there are mommies. You know, it's funny. I, I do this thing every couple of months. I survey the list of fetishes on FetLife mm-hmm. um, to see how many people are into various things. Mm-hmm. To see if age play is on the rise, and I think it is. What's interesting to me is that while age play is growing. Um, Diapers themselves as a fetish remain a very sort of a pocket, like niche fetish mm-hmm. that only a very small number of people are into. Yeah. And I think that's because of a lot of issues uh, dignity issues, um, uh, cleanliness issues, sanitary issues. You know, it, it's just squicky, you know? Um, and it, it, it never fails to amaze me. I, I know people who absolutely love it when a top just pisses all over them in their hair, in their mouth, on their feet, on, up their ass, whatever. Right. Uh, but if you say to them, but hey, listen, we want you to wear a diaper, they go, ah, you know, and get all flipped out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's very true. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, what is, uh, I guess my, my, my follow-up question to the, the different uh, types would be, um, when you do get, let's say, a female mommy, mm-hmm. um, what is usually... Is she almost always looking for? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck in this because I, I I've I've met so many um, so many different variations uh, of people out there. I've uh, in in the BDSM scene. Is it uh, does it stand to reason that there are probably two bigs that are looking for a little? Like there's a husband and wife. Uh, I've heard mommy of it. and daddy that are, that are looking for littles, or is, is there? Well, is it usually very? Is it usually one person looking for their exact opposite? Or no? no? Uh, yeah. Uh, have you ever heard that thing in the polyamorous community about the unicorn? You know that like the single poly bisexual female is like a unicorn. <laughs> you know, everyone chases them, but they don't really exist. Exactly. Um, what's interesting, okay, is that there's there's a lot of variation. I find that in the age play community, for one, that it's like I said, it's equally open to you know gays and lesbians as, and bisexual folks as just straight people, um, and there's not a lot of gender typing in it either. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know people that have daddies that are lesbians. Uh, I know people that uh, are are you know gay baby boys with straight 
you know, hetero female mommies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, women who are daddies. I've even heard of a guy who's a mommy. Um, you know, it. There is no like. This is how it always generally goes. Yeah. It does. It doesn't work like that. Um, Which is kind of cool, right? I, I think yeah. that's kind of a cool thing. I think it's uh, when it, it keeps life interesting. It does. I think too that part of what makes the age play community so vibrant and so great. You know how when you're little, like uh, you're. Uh, I shouldn't do that wiring, you know, isn't really there yet. And mm-hmm. you're very touchy and huggy, you know, little kids hug and kiss everybody, right? Littles are like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and bigs are like that too because I think that bigs have a, have, a, have a seed of the same thing that makes littles little inside them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're always hugging and touching and kissing and cuddling one another. And, you know, I mean I'm not going to paint in a broad brushstroke and say that every single age player in the world, you know, doesn't have space boundaries and we all are always touching each other all the time. But a lot of us are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it's just like as in any community there are people that are withdrawn and don't want to be touched and do have social boundaries. Um, I think there's a lot smaller number of them in the age play community. Because of that, I think it lends itself to that sort of gender fluid, sex fluid, role fluid membership, you know, uh I identify as uh, I, I don't know, I guess hetero flexible. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a friend of mine says that I'm, I'm mako-sexual. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sexual with whom I like, in the ways I like, how I like, when I like. Does that mean that I want a boy partner? No, although I have one. Um, you know, but I've changed plenty of guys' diapers, and I have a damn fun time doing it. <laughs> Been changed by men too, and you know, and it's friendly and sexual and fun and nice. I think that the most common thing that I because I didn't I I I asked a few people about their thoughts on this before interviewing you because I wanted to get their reaction I wanted to sure. know what the the people who are listening to this uh, would be thinking and you're right the most common thing that people mention is the diapers and not wanting to change the diapers mm-hmm. um, can you paint that in a way that might not creep someone out let's say for example sure. if there's someone who's interested in all aspects of of uh of being a big if there's someone out there who wants to be big but they they love every aspect of it they like uh the role play they like the age shift they like everything like that but they just can't get their head and they're just being prevented by the the diaper change what is there anything you can say that might change their mind or maybe uh, maybe there's something that they can do to get around it. They can still play their kink, but they don't have to deal with that. Okay, I have a whole bunch of things about this, actually. Um, first off, don't, uh, you know, it's all about being good, giving, and game. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your partner wants to wear diapers, you are not obligated to change their diaper. Right. You know, um, and if your partner wants to wear diapers, they don't have to wet them and they don't have to mess them. You know, they might want to. Maybe you make a deal with them and have a compromise. You can pee, but don't poop in it. You know, I'll change a pee diaper. I won't change a poop diaper. Or you know, I'll put it on you, but if you mess it up, then you've got to change it yourself. Um, and, and the thing about that is, is that you know what? Adult babies, age players, diaper fetishes as a whole are so um, grateful for a partner that's open-minded – um, that they're willing to compromise. Mm-hmm. They'll appreciate anything that you will do for them. Um, and just because something is oogie for you today doesn't mean it's going to be oogie for you three months from now or six months from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are these sensory and sensual aspects to diaper play that escape people that aren't apparent to people at first. Um, if someone's laying down on a bed 
and you're rubbing lotion and powder on their penis or their vagina, and it smells good. Did you know, did you know that um, the smell of talcum powder is actually one of the, I think, five most powerful aphrodisiacs that human people experience? Um, that's arousing, okay? So don't think of it as putting them in a diaper. Think of it as powdering and massaging their genitals, okay? And then for someone who's never worn a diaper before – um, and, and this is especially true for men. Um, having a diaper folding around, you know, your penis—it's like someone's touching it all the time. Okay, and then you got that sort of heavy, tacky feeling of the of the powder and/or you know the lotion or the Vaseline or whatever it is that's down there, and it—it's it, very arousing. Okay, and very comforting too. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it, it it has this sort of emotional weight of comfort. You know, you just sort of feel safe and warm and enfolded, and yet somehow, sometimes, dirty and aroused. You know, by wearing it. Um, so, what I would say to someone that's having trouble with the diaper thing is start with that. Start with the you know massage the diaper area part. Start with the put it on part, and see if that pushes your buttons. And then don't worry about it. The other thing too is that there's all kinds of ways to simulate diaper usage without having it be oogie, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you can take a glass of warm water and pour it down the front of your submissive's diaper to simulate pee if you really can't abide the smell or feel or idea of touching someone's pee. That's a good idea. Okay. A good friend of mine, uh, who I'm going to mention my name because he's the baby fur that I want you to talk to, um, my friend Cargo Weasel. Um, well, I got to talk to him just because of the name. Oh, he's so awesome. He's fun. <laughs> um, Cargo has this thing that he does where he's got this... Um, uh, this like spray gun, or it's, I might, I might even be like a caulking gun that he's modified to hold warm oatmeal, and you can then squirt it down the back of someone's diaper, or even up there behind, so that they can then void it into their diaper. And it's all the fun and all the weird sensations and feelings involved <laughs> with messing yourself, but none of the oogie cleanup. It's, <laughs> That's you know, awesome, isn't it funny? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, um, you have uh, written a book. I have. Uh, named Auntie Eva's Border, uh, and it's the it's fiction, and it's the story of a college student who falls in love uh, with a woman that lives near his college campus and moves in with her, um, and develops uh, a aunt and baby relationship. And, and, and are these is this one of a kind? Are there are there other books out there uh, with, with there similar are. topics? Yeah. Um, there are. Um, of varying degrees of well-writtenness. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm not going to s- step on anybody. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm very particular in the, f- in the fiction that I write uh, because I insist that erotica um, has to also just be good fiction to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very exacting in my editing and my characterization and plot. Um, and, you know, it, this is not hobby-grade stuff. Yeah. Um, although there's plenty of it out there. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of other examples of good age play books for fiction. Um, I, I know nonfiction books that are good. Um, like the toy bag guide to age play is very good by Lee Harrington. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't think of any fiction off the top of my head. Uh, and, and they can buy your good book at lulu.com, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, or Amazon. Or oh, oh great, uh, awesome. Uh, uh, well, I'll put a link to that uh, in, in on the website as well, and oh, we'll link you. to your your website as well. And also, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Crucible coming up uh, because yeah. that's uh, what, what are the dates of that? And uh, the registration is going to be closed pretty soon. But um, uh, yeah, uh, Camp Crucible. Um, Camp Crucible 
is uh, uh, from June 3rd through the 7th this year. And it's a, uh, it's a BDSM summer camp um, at a real campground uh, on the Maryland-Pennsylvania border. Um, and it's amazing. Uh, I, I've been going to camp. This will be like my fifth year now. Um, and why I love it so very much, okay? Um, you know, okay, yes, you can swim naked. Yes, there's, you know, three dungeons. Yes, you can walk around in your diaper anywhere on the place and get your diaper changed in the, you know, the open sunlight, which is great. But those are not what make it great. Um, Those are just side benefits. You know how when you go to a kink event, like say Floating World, Mm -hmm. and you get into the hotel, if, if, if the hotel is like only the event and it's not shared, and the doors close behind you, it's like you're normal. You're there and you're kinky, but you're normal. You're not hiding. You're not the, the, the us against the them. The whole world is like you, right? Yeah. That's, that feeling of inclusion and belonging. Yeah. Magnify that a hundredfold and you've got camp. Um, it's not just age players that go to, go to Camp Crucible. There's um, ponies that go. There's you know, kinky folks. It's regular SM folks that go. Um, there's, uh, there's sissies that go. Uh, and it's an environment of utter and total tolerance. Uh, you know, perfect coexistence. We all just love one another. Um, everyone that goes to camp walks away from it f- feeling like they, they're leaving behind family that they didn't know they had. That's great. You know? It's it's the best. I I I, uh, I I yearn for it. I, I I'm not staff, and I never have been. Um, but I do a lot of um, age play advocacy work in the in the community, mm-hmm. especially down here in DC. I host a munch. Uh, actually, we have a website for it, um, littlesmunch.com, um, and that lists munches for age players all over the country. Well, thank you so much. Hopefully, if someone uh, goes and someone listens to this, they'll uh, come up to you and say hi, and then uh, say that they heard you on the Massacast and. I'd love that. Yeah. One last thing. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, you know, the whole reason I'm in this is to help people to come to a place of greater, you know, self-love and self-acceptance. And so, you know, I'm kind of an open book. People are welcome to contact me. And I think probably the easiest, quickest, best way is through my FetLife profile. Uh, I'm Mako on there, M-A-K-O. Perfect. There you go. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks a lot. Thank you to Mako. Again, uh, you can uh, find a link to Mako's website on Massacast.com. While you're there, you can donate. You can also leave a voicemail. Thank you so much for listening. More episodes on the way. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.